0: I've always been totally fascinated by stories about startup businesses and the entrepreneurs who make them happen. Listening to podcasts and reading articles, I love hearing how the ideas are born and how they're turned into successful businesses. Today's guest makes it sound all so simple. After a career in journalism, followed by time with a fashion startup, Natalie Gibbons left the world of full time work to become a mum. And that's when she decided the time was right to do her own thing. I was introduced to Natalie by my dad after he told me about her business, PowPots, and I was pretty much hooked by the story straight away. PowPots is that inspired idea that has quickly become a growing business. Bringing up her daughter, Beatrice, and bringing up her other baby, PowPots, at the same time, Natalie's story is an inspiration for every budding entrepreneur, and it's a privilege to be able to share it with you on One of the Eight.
1: The main point I want to do with my pots is just bring joy into people's homes and lives. I want people to look at them and, and it make them feel happy. And I think colour is a great way of doing that.
0: I'm Jake Worley, and this is One of the Eight. Bringing you the real-life stories of real-world people, the things they have achieved, and the things that have inspired them. Hi, guys. For this instalment of the One of the Eight podcast, I'm joined by the creator and founder of PowPots, a contemporary alternative to traditional plant pots. So, starting a business is notoriously quite a challenging venture to take on. So imagine pairing that with the arrival of your firstborn child at the same time. I'm keen to learn more about what led Nathalie Givens to start Powerpots and the impact that motherhood has had on her business and life. So Nathalie, welcome to the show.
1: Hello, thanks for having me.
0: <laughs> so to help us understand a little bit about what led you to the point you're at now, it'd be good to know a little bit about where your career began.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Oh, it began what feels like a very long time ago um, in London. So I studied journalism at university. And then I moved to London after that to pursue a career in that. And... um, I started off on a, on a commercial magazine called Cosmetics International and that kind of set me up for a career for many years in uh, beauty and travel and health journalism across lots of the women's titles and newspapers. Um, so I ended up, after doing a year on that magazine, I ended up freelancing and having quite a number of regular pages in the likes of now. Um, I helped um, with the health section of a supplement that came out with the mirror called um, M Magazine, which is defunct now, but was quite exciting at the time um, and had a fantastic time. I got into travel journalism, which enabled me to travel to some places I would never have gone to otherwise um and again on the health front i did a lot of adventure travel writing and health writing on that front for magazines such as zest magazine which again another different title but um was a very inspiring women's health and fitness title
0: where did the travel take you
1: oh gosh where did i go i went to hawaii um we did a helicopter trip over the volcanoes of hawaii wow um, I went to a Jack Johnson concert, um, stayed in a fabulous hotel. I've been to Newfoundland. I was trained up to go kayaking with uh, whales, although there were no oh whales God. on the day that we actually went out, unfortunately. Um, I went to Serbia, where I actually had a boat accident and broke my collarbone. So oh, no. Was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was something How to remember. How did that happen? Oh, it was... um to be honest, I had broken my collarbone six months before skiing and I'd literally just been signed out of the hospital three days before going on this trip. Wow. But we went, it was a group of journalists to do a travel piece on Belgrade. And then we were also taken um, into the countryside to a place. Oh, it was the Drina River, I do believe. I can't remember the name of the town. And on this Drina River, it was, um, it was a lovely sunny day and we had a, a regatta. So there was lots of boats. Um, kind of, uh, what do you call those boats? Like a dinghy with a heart, like a rib boat going down this quite fast flowing stream um, with Bosnia on one side and Serbia on the other. And um, all the houses on the Bosnian side were still burnt out. So it was quite an interesting um, trip on on many fronts from a history and war perspective to more modern day of the travel element they were pushing. And um, our boat basically just got sucked into these rapids that were in the middle of the, the river. No, no. Everyone else was going either side and we just got sucked into this rapidly bit in the middle. And a boat behind us also got sucked in and a boat in front of us got sucked in. So we ended up like a boat sandwich and our boat just got snapped in two and we all got, jumped out the boat, or got thrown out and then washed down this very fast <laughs> flowing river. <laughs> so we then got picked out by various Serbian boats and... Um, no one could speak english we obviously couldn't speak the local lingo and i had a broken collarbone and had lost my group um yeah anyway we eventually found each other because i think i'd broken it six months before i kind of knew what to expect um but yeah that ended up in a little trip to uh, quite a still water (laughs) on serbian hospital and an x-ray and a cast and and another six months of uh, recuperation when i got back to the uk and
0: did you manage to get the article done
1: Oh yes, yes, I did. So got that piece done and didn't actually mention the the collarbone because it was just um, a bit of an unfortunate accident, really, and quite an adventure, one that I I still love to recount to this day. um...
0: You've done you've done a little bit of presenting as well, I believe.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Um, So basically, from all my health and beauty and travel, I eventually went into fashion journalism. Um. Well, in fact, actually, before that, I launched a magazine for Superdrug called Dare. Wow. Yeah, okay. so that, that was sort of my first... After I stopped freelancing, that was my first editor's uh, job. And for that, we had to do a bit of presenting. So that was sort of my first dabble with it. Um, and then from there, I did go into fashion. And when they launched Very, which was... Um, which is part of the Little Wiz group. It was about getting yeah. a, customer, a younger customer online and away from the catalogs. Uh, we created a magazine... Uh, for very to kind of inspire customers to go shopping so it was a lovely magazine it had a great budget um it was we, we could create everything our own photography and for that we also did an online piece where we did where i had to present what the issue was um so i remember one in one in particular we did it on the london eye oh wow so, so i had a i think it was a 30 second rotation to get, get set up to <laughs> get it right <laughs> and uh, and land again um, so yeah, so for that, I did a bit of presenting and then also I then worked on Little Bat Dress. I moved up to Manchester and worked on a, an e-commerce startup called littlebatdress.co.uk. And okay. for that also, we did some presenting, um, advising women how to dress for occasion wear. And yeah, and I, and I loved it. And actually, it's something I, I would probably have liked to, to do more of if the opportunity ever arose. But yeah, good fun.
0: So it sounds like from your, media-based career it's something you would recommend to other people is it something you think yeah if, if you're slightly interested go for it
1: oh absolutely I think you know today just prepping a bit to do this podcast with you it's been a nice time to sit back and kind of reflect on it all and do you know what that's exactly what I was thinking that I was really lucky to fall into that um in a way and I was good at English but didn't really know what I wanted to do but actually, it, it can give you well. You're just learning all the time, even if it's you know not hardcore news or you know if it's nicer yeah. subjects as we were just saying like travel or fashion or you know you are you you meet very interesting people. Um, it's a lovely mix of of for what I find a desk job and getting out of the office and meeting people and learning different things. Um, and yeah, and, and it can just give you lots of opportunity to to explore lots of different areas. I think so. I would I would highly recommend it. Um, if if people are interested in that.
0: Okay. I mean, it's quite a, I think, I mean, given my age and my circumstances in life at the moment, that I'm, you know, relatively fresh out of university and I, I feel yeah. surrounded by a lot of people who leave university equally as lost as kind of before they went. Mm. I think it's it's good to hear that, you know, you've kind of thought, I'm not 100% confident with my English, but I'll give it a go. And you kind of figure out the route as to what it is that you might like or not like.
1: Well, I don't know if things have changed since I was at school, but you were kind of whatever career advice didn't really exist. It was more like, okay, you're good at languages. So this is kind of what you could go into. Um, But outside of that, yeah, you kind of have to just feel your way and... uh, And it's life, isn't it? I suppose it just takes you on on its journey. And we've all got plans for certain things. And maybe it takes you a little off route from that. But if you can have, you know, a general plan, I think journalism or presenting or anything that involves kind of lifestyle, magazines or or getting out there. um, Yeah, it can be very, very satisfying if that's what you like to do.
0: So... I guess at the point in your career that you mentioned earlier where you went to Little Black black Dress, that's where your path crossed with my dad, which is how I first heard about you and Powpots. Oh, that's
1: right. Your lovely dad, the lovely John (laughs) Woolley.
0: So um, I guess up until this point, you were on, it would be fair to say, a more traditional type career path. You know, there was a kind of set progression in, in the career that you had what mm-hmm. what was going on in life to make you think okay i'm going to do a complete shake up here get off kind of that career mm-hmm. path and start your own thing
1: well i had a baby that was the okay. uh, the big thing that happened in my life. Um, and that was quite an eye-opener for me, early motherhood. Very different to anything I'd ever done before. Um, I actually grew up in, in Spain, in Malaga. So I, I went to my maternity leave. I actually went back there for a few months, which was lovely. Oh, wow. um, my daughter Beatrix was born in um, July, so it was kind of a nice summertime.
0: Oh, lovely.
1: Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I had a lovely... Months to acclimatise to motherhood, and although I loved it, um, for me I felt I needed, I wanted to be doing something else. But what it really gave me a chance to do, even despite being tired and <laughs> worn out, and uh, having a quite a foggy uh, new mum brain, but it just it just gave me a chance to stop thinking about work and, and stop thinking really. And off the back of that. And from just, you know, looking on Instagram and these new ideas just came out of nowhere that um, probably if I just carried on working, I wouldn't have ever got around to. I've always wanted to launch my own business. Um, I've always based, wanted to.
0: Based on what? what what's given you that drive?
1: Um, well, probably my parents, actually. My dad um, was very much, he always had his own business. Um, my, we moved to Spain when I was eight years old and they had a property company and a state agency in Spain. So I've always watched them and, and watched him work and been very inspired by him and he always took risks and he always, oh, he had so much energy and, and so probably it came from them. And sadly I lost my dad, um, six weeks before my daughter was born. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he'd been unwell for a while and, and it, it, it was the best thing for him because he wasn't well. But, um, I think that also probably spurred me on more to think, hey, you know, life isn't forever and take some inspiration from my dad and just do it. So having the time um, to sort of do a bit of research, I actually was researching about a flower shop. Not that I know anything about flowers, um, but that's what I was looking for. And via that, I mean, I've always liked plants. I've sort of, it just came to me that there's no, there's loads of nice plants, tropical plants coming through in the UK, but plant pots are sadly lagging behind. There was just (laughs) nothing different out there.
0: Just the old (laughs) traditional Ceramic.
1: yeah exactly do you know what there are plant pots but they're nothing very special and yeah the terracotta plant pots are beautiful and but outside of that it's pretty humdrum you know black white or just some very off the off the factory floor kind of mass-produced yeah. ceramic types um so yeah so i'm not a trained artist per se by any means i mean i've always liked being creative should we say um i just looked at this and i thought this can't be that difficult and um it also can't be that expensive to set up that was another thing that yeah. was important to me you know i didn't want to uh, start a business but i started off massively in debt and so i just started looking from there and found um obviously it was always harder than, than i thought it was going to be and it took quite a lot of trial and error from the paints i used finding the right pots to you know i'm, I'm a year and a half in and i'm still learning to this day um but, yeah, it was something. And also from doing actually, so I was very lucky in having um, many years of, of journalism experience. So I had contacts in the industry and a very good friend of mine, Michelle Redman from Mix PR, she helped me out. And, I, and you know, designers I've met, um, also good friends helped me out. So I was very lucky to have a lot of support to help me on the marketing element. Um, and then, of course, I did my six years at Little Black Dress, which was uh, growing an e-commerce startup. And from okay. that, I had—I think—I learned a lot of more the business acumen that I could also bring into Power Pots. Um So altogether, when I launched it, it—it um, it, it just really took off <laughs> more than I—I I ever really imagined it would. Um, so when
0: when would you say it went from, I guess, either idea or hobby to what you would class a business?
1: Well, the official date I say for that is when I launched my website, which was the start of October 2018. Okay. Previous to that, I probably started scratching around maybe April, May time. So I really spent that summer um, doing a bit of research. You know, lots of, were lucky with the internet, doing online research, phoning people, um, practising painting. And then, yeah, and then when I launched my website that was it i started selling and then i started selling to shops as well that was another kind of key part of my whole marketing trip, because i thought even though you sell to shops for a much lower price than you do to a customer um it would be a way of almost getting free or paid for marketing and getting the brand out there and that has worked very very effectively for me Um, okay
0: well when when i see photos and I, i look at your instagram which is quite addictive to look at um I mean, anyone that comes to it for the first time would kind of just presume that this is, you know, a a family business maybe or a business that has been running for years and that you have complete sense of what you're doing and it's been around for a long time. But, you know, obviously it's so new and so fresh. How do you actually make the pot?
1: So um, you could the the pots. So the I do two sets at the moment, two different ranges. My larger pots, which are made out of something called fiber clay, so they okay. have a fiber mesh and they're and and then they're made with clay. So they're very eco friendly in terms of how they're made because they're not oven baked like other pots, and it also means they're a lovely surface to paint on. Um, they have other benefits in the plant world in that they're much lighter than a terracotta pot and and that the material is breathable so it helps the the plants and the soil breathe um but yeah from my perspective it's really it just it's the perfect um perfect surface to paint it gives a lovely finish so that's where i started off and, and those pots come in four different sizes and they can be used inside or outside and then after that, quite quickly, actually, I, I kind of realised that there's a demand for a smaller plant pot as well. And that's when I brought out my concrete pots. And again, it's just, me, you know, from people I met and finding the right contacts and finding the right pots. Um, and again, testing that, that they would hold the paint. And those concrete pots have been a massive success. Um, and so... you're still
0: personally hand painting every pot?
1: Not every pot. It was okay. a bit of a shift. So last year, yes. And my, by the summertime, I got extremely busy. And as I said before, I, I had my daughter, so yeah. for me, this is all—it's—it's always, oh, always getting a balance right. It's probably every mum will tell you between you know having that time with your child and, and growing a business. So by last summer, I was literally working oh, all hours, picking her up from childcare, bringing her home, putting to bed, painting more, and it just got a bit. It got a bit much doing it from home, and it got a yeah. bit much in the mall um so at the start of december i have moved i've got a studio space in a lovely wow. shop just opposite my flat in manchester um and that has been a, an, an enormous game changer and saved a lot of time of shifting pots from here to there and um and you know just having a bit of sense of organization about my home again
0: <laughs> did, did you have and a it, little a little moment where you started for the first day there and thought oh wow <laughs> this is happening
1: what at the studio and shop yeah Oh, absolutely. And it's the most beautiful space. Um, It's an old, I don't even know, is it Edwardian or it's an old Victorian or Edwardian pub and hotel that Lawrence, who owns it, it's called In Situ, has um, had for many years and converted it. And he sells architectural salvage and beautiful mid-century furniture and um yeah i've got a corner upstairs it's got beautiful windows and i'm in a shop which is amazing so i get some trade from that and i get to meet fantastic people so it was nice getting out of home for that too you know really interesting people that come in the shop looking for for you know one-off items or my pots. and then at the same time i've also got um a girl helping me uh called Roz, and she's fantastic um, so it's okay. on an ad hoc basis, but I am, yeah, gradually building it up and getting help from her, which is giving me more time to, well, it's time to come up with new designs and new products, really.
0: Do you get what kind of percentage of you, of your business's requests versus they're all straight from you?
1: Predominantly, it's it's what's on my website um that said this morning a gentleman phoned me and he has a a place in the states and he wanted a pot like a particular something he'd seen on on a on a cup so I'm I'm happily doing that for him and occasionally I also do get requests for like um initials or names if it's for like a new baby or for a wedding gift but as a general rule of thumb it's um i i offer about 10 different patterns in about 10 different colors and people choose the pattern they want the size of the pot they want and the color and that's what i do but mm-hmm. i am open to bespoke colors um particularly and yeah if someone's got a design in mind they're, they're more than welcome to come to me and, and i will do the best i can
0: so when you're coming up with your designs where does your inspiration come from
1: oh do you know what it's a lifetime of love <laughs> pattern <laughs> and color um I've always, always, always loved kind of simple patterns, graphic patterns, symmetry, simple colours, nice bright colours. Um, so my first collection, as I call it, of pots, my classic pots, I mean, by Sunny Design, that came, I've got some crockery from Habitat from I don't know when, and that was inspired me for that, which is like a half circle kind of pattern in yellow. Um, oh, where else? See, I... I guess um, if you picked
0: up some inspiration on your travels?
1: Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, even just road signs. I love anything that's just really simple and bright colours. So actually, road signs have probably inspired my most popular uh, design, which is the Ziggy. And then with my travels, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, growing up in Spain, I've always loved tiles or azulejos, as they're called there. Uh, You know, they've got a big Moorish influence. So again, it's that kind of symmetrical, quite simple patterns um we went to morocco last year to marrakesh went to a fantastic tile shop called pop design which do like a modern take on um on tile on like the old moroccan tiles so that was a massive inspiration and yeah and i've got loads of places on my travel hit list where i want to go for more (laughs) more inspiration like mexico and and miami and in india and um but yeah, I would say it's a real, real mix. I mean, I do, and I've only done two, but I've still got a load more that I want to do. One lot of pots is my cocktail collection and, and they've been inspired by cocktails. So I've got okay. a gin and tonic, which is like the half of the pot is um, a lovely soft grey representing the gin. And then the top half is um, a row of, of half moons in yellow, which is your lemon slice that you put in Oh, wow. Well, I've got a pina colada. Again, we've got yellow at the bottom and with green triangles at the top. And I've got a whole lot more load of cocktails I want to do and I want to do a coastal collection. The sea i f I'm we've got a camper van and we go surfing and um and for like weekends away in, in our van on the beach. And that's another massive influence to me. So I definitely wanna do something with those colours of the sea and sky and um you know, like that kind of that kind of feel and look and in pastels. Okay. So yeah, really everything. And it's hard now not to look at something and get inspired by it. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I guess
0: um, you've got, I mean, when anyone looks at the, the pots, they'll see you've got a real love for colour.
1: Yes, I think so. And I could go on and on and it's been, it was, I had to be quite restrained actually. But my initial collection, I just did in six colours because I didn't want to overwhelm people in different colours either. But as the year went on, I have done, I did, um, I did some pots, um, some exclusive pots with a, a a luxury florist called Frog, who was selling in in Selfridges and Trafford, so my pots are in uh, Selfridges and the Trafford Centre, which is fantastic. And for him, I did an exclusive colour palette that we tweak every season. Um, and also for certain, I'm in a, a plant shop in in Glasgow, for instance, and they wanted a, a particular blue, a farrow ball blue for their customers that matched. So it's kind of grown. So there are a lot more colours or I follow kind of trends like Pantone colour of the year. Last year was a beautiful coral so I brought that in. Um, But gosh, yeah, I think colour, the main point I want to do with my pots is just bring joy into people's homes and lives. I want people to look at them and and it make them feel happy. And I think colour is a great way of doing that.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a beautiful, simple goal. Um... I think
1: actually that's what has made powerpots for me um such a joy and probably has helped me make it a success and that it is the whole thing is quite simple I haven't been bogged down in the detail it's very clean it's very simple from the patterns to the business model to, to what i'm trying to achieve i think when you've got that it can it can really help you stay focused and you know and a clear message of what you want to do
0: so what what is it you're looking to achieve next what's the next steps
1: oh so many things on that list. Um <laughs> well first up, I've definitely I'm doing some new designs. They're gonna be out by hopefully the end of this month is the plan. Okay. Um then I've got some new products in the pipeline. So I'm gonna be doing some accessories, I'm gonna launch sauces to go with the pots, I'm gonna oh, launch wow. um plant stands that you can match the colours of the plants stand to the pot. I'm gonna be launching some wall plates, um, so for people who like the pots. And who knows, maybe even flowers plants don't know i've got wow. a book in the pipeline in in my mind um so there's all sorts of things i'd like to do that could spin off from this um it's just finding the time and again in that balance right with with motherhood
0: so i saw a um a post that was put on your instagram the other day of a little um i guess like a like a retro van oh what, isn't that what, amazing just, it looks fantastic
1: that is um an irish guy or northern irish um mr monstera michael um and i met him he just phoned me up uh, out the blue and was like oh natalie we really like your pots we're about to do this van and um we're going to be doing markets and stuff and i was like well i will happily sell you some pots i'd absolutely love to be involved i don't know how i'm going to get them to northern ireland for you know cost effectively this has been a big learning curve sending these <laughs> yeah. pots out and he was like oh do you know what i'm in london and i'm driving up to, to Wales wherever to get the ferries and any chance. What have you got? Can I just pick up what you've got? So I wasn't even there and I just boxed up everything I had from pots in my home to everything and he came and he got them. And that's that's how I started with Mr. Monstera. Then it was a few months till they were finishing off that van. And I think they haven't been out in it that much yet. But it's an old, they got it in France. It's an old Peugeot van or something. And they had it all retrofitted okay. um, to be this amazing plant mobile on wheels. And yeah, and as I say, so this spring, summer, he's going to be going out to various festivals and markets in his van uh, and selling plants from it. Wow. In a very cool way.
0: So I guess, as we've mentioned, you started a family around the time that PowerPot started. What yeah, are yeah. some of the challenges and hopefully rewards that that's produced?
1: Well, challenges are, I think, the minute you become a parent, time becomes a commodity. Right. So whereas before I would, uh, you know, quite happily take work home and work into the evening and that kind of stuff. Oh, God, it all just changes when you've got a baby. Five o'clock when she comes home, that's it, you know. So it's really the cha- big challenge for me is just organising the time and just spending my time as wisely as possible um, on the right things of the business, um, on the priorities in terms of the business side of it. Um, and then obviously, until B has to go to school, I just want to spend time with her. So it's um, it does have benefits, and it's lovely, lovely having the freedom um, to do both. Um, but it's just always in the back of your mind getting that balance right. So the freedom's the positive and probably, yeah, just managing your time right is, is the challenge.
0: Is she of any influence to you in your, in your pots? Is anything <laughs> that she does across her life inspired you with your pots at all?
1: I mean, I certainly want to. Another thing in the pipeline this year is I'm going to do some pots uh, that are for children that could make a lovely, you know, new baby present which, again, will be very simple. And, and, yeah, that probably has come from inspiration, from certain things. B had some lovely bibs with animal faces on. I thought <laughs> okay. that look great on a plant pot. Um, so probably visually there are elements that, oh, I couldn't describe exactly, but probably have subconsciously influenced me. Um, she's very good, and I'm very lucky. She can come in my studio with me, and, and she's good as gold. And she's got her little pots that sh- she paints up. Oh, no uh, to way. keep her out of trouble for a bit. Yeah, so. so yeah. Is she
0: showing me of the same flair?
1: Oh yeah, she always wants to paint the pot, but she always wants the real paint. I'm like, no, you're having your crayons. <laughs> so we always have that debate.
0: It's probably, I guess, you know, it, today there's always that fear that you look around and you see children glued to screens of phones and televisions and iPads. It's probably, yeah. I guess, is it quite a nice thing to be able to do that doesn't involve technology necessarily?
1: Yeah, absolutely, for me and for B. You know, I've always worked in jobs, which I've been on my computer most of the day. Um, and now, apart from Instagram and, and updating my website and emailing a few customers. Um, yeah, it's it's absolutely lovely to get away from that and do something manual. Um, although it can be quite hard work. I, know, I sometimes wonder if I'd not been better if I'd dealt with a smaller product. Because some of my pots <laughs> go up to like 50 centimetres diameter. Oh, and wow. my box of concrete, when they come in a box, weigh 27 kilos. Um so yeah. <laughs> it's quite a lot of humping and lumping um big pots about. Um but yeah, in terms of the painting element, it's it's really lovely. Um and it's a lovely balance to be able to do that for a few days a week and then, you know, mix it up with a little bit of computer work. It's a really, really no. nice balance. And same for yeah, for B, it's nice getting her to do something that's not looking at a screen.
0: So here on our podcast we get each one of the eight to tell us about something that has inspired them it can be a person a place or even an experience so who or what has inspired <laughs> oh, you
1: my dad was a big inspiration for me to to go out and do this as I say he moved his family abroad um to start a new life a new business he traveled a lot he took risks um and I think uh, you know that that's really carried with me and as I said when I lost him it hit home even more um and I think that he's yeah you know on a hard day when I think "Mm, do I do this and I think oh would dad have done this and yeah I probably wouldn't and I'd just go for it so he's been a massive influence definitely okay um do you want any other <laughs> inspiration?
0: Yeah, no, just, I mean, you, you clearly get inspired by lots of things. Go ahead.
1: Well, it's difficult. Yeah, that's what I mean, to say one thing. Um, I mean, my favourite place in the world, I would say, which also has been an inspiration. And who knows, me and my partner, we've always got the dream of moving here. And I think the Power Pots would, would do brilliantly there. It's a little surfing town um, on the Atlantic coast of Spain called Tarifa. Okay. Um, and you're right near Africa there. So I think it's literally 10 miles or 10 kilometers across the Strait of Gibraltar, and you've got Morocco there and the fabulous Atlas Mountains. So it's a real kind of melting pot of different cultures, and it's got this lovely surfy vibe, and it's got the most amazing uh, white sands and green pine forests wow. and like turquoise seas. And then you've got Africa and the Atlas Mountains and looming ahead. Um, and it's quite, it's got a bit of a hippie vibe. I mean, it's changed a lot over the years. It's, um, and it, it it's, it's quite, uh, remote, I suppose. It's nothing like the, the developed Costa del Sol. It's on the Atlantic. The weather's much wilder. It's windier. Um, it's actually the uh, windsurfing and kite surfing capital of Europe. So it does get yeah. windy and wild, but it's, it's just the most beautiful place. Um, and I think, I mean, you know, I've been going there since I was a child. And it's, yeah, I suppose it's my happy place. And when, and when I'm there, I, just the colours and, and how I feel, and I suppose feeling relaxed really helps me to be inspired about what to do in the future and, and, and what to do on a day-to-day and, and with my business and designs and, and everything. So I would say that is definitely a big, big inspiration to me and my life in general.
0: There are almost 8 billion people on our planet and Natalie Givens is one of the eight. You can find a link to Natalie's business, Powerpots, and discover more about her journey online at oneoftheeight.com. Everyone has a story to share. Everyone has something to give. Everyone can inspire. One of the Eight is a movement of real-world people from across the globe, sharing real-life stories, inspiring others, enriching lives, and giving something back. I am, you are, everyone is, one of the eight. Now streaming on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Join the movement at oneoftheeight.com.